What? <laughs> Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures what? that we hate to love. Wait, what'd you say, Aaron? No, we're good. I think we're good, bud. Sink? Sink. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or you a guest love. You want us to sink now? A society shame. We might be synced. I'm, are you synced, Kenny? We peek in each nook. I love NSYNC. I love NSYNC. Olivia loves NSYNC. I think we're in sync. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles they are. The sound is good, yeah. Welcome to the quarantine edition, episode two of Shame Watch. Uh, oh boy, today we're talking Blades of Glory. Oh, wow. The directors of those Geico Caveman commercials you loved so much. Really? Yes, yes. That's, that's true. I, I read that somewhere as well, Kenny. Because um, Kenny wrote the copy today. I didn't write uh, the copy today. So, uh, director of the Caveman commercial, Geico Caveman commercials that you love so much. Remember that TV show they tried to make? Uh, I remember watching with that, Nick yeah. Kroll. Nick Kroll. With Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, this 2007 ice skating comedy starring John School for Scoundrels Heater and Will Old School Farrell will leave you in awe and dazzled by the Iron Lotus itself. I, I add the extra bit. Sorry, Kenny. That's, that's great. It's good. Uh, it's good stuff. I'm good stuff. James Fight. To, uh, God, I don't want to do this now. Uh, Kenny, introduce yourself. I'm Kenny, apparently. Chief Archivist of Platfilms.com. Each week we release uh, episodes of the podcast. Aaron, to you. Let's see if I can do this. Aaron Salinas, uh, editor, uh, I guess technical guy, um, uh, all around nice guy, I think, I'm a sure. pretty nice guy, um, and uh, happy to be here. Someone's phone is going on. Yeah, oh, that's bad. mine. I'm trying to, I'm sorry, I'm trying to charge my phone and it's being weird. I'm going to unplug it. Olivia. Olivia. I was about to make the... <laughs> Speaking of, I'm Arden. Olivia Slap and Swatas. I am the social media queen for Shame Watch. And, and I help. And, oh, and I am now the official fourth co host of Shame yes. Watch. So, thank you guys. All right, you can use those claps as a sync point, Aaron. Yeah, use all those. <laughs> now we can start the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now it's official. I'm going to be doing sync checks throughout the podcast. Oh, because God. The audio is good. Oh, it's going to be May. It's, we're the betterment of the podcast, if we're being honest. Sync. So, In sync. Olivia, how long have you been with us uh, doing social media? Uh, I think it was August, like officially. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been like, I met y'all in April last uh, year. 2019. Yeah, it's almost been a year, guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it has. Um, so high school the, musical. High school musical. I feel like that was in the summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of really started. It was like after y'all did Wild Speed Summer. Nice. Nice. Um, Just for you, Eric. And um, yeah, I think since August. So yeah, yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't followed us on social media, we are on all 
um, all of the social media platforms at Shame Watch Pod. Send us a DM, slide in our DMs. It'll most likely be me responding, and I'm cool. So do it. <laughs> and yeah, so Olivia's been with us for a long time uh, doing that and appearing on each uh, few episodes here and there or giving a, a quick tidbit that's super funny because she's funnier than all of us. Um, and now it's official because we love you. And Thanks, guys. a lot of people told me that you're funny and they like you more. But enough about Olivia. This movie's about me because I, this is my movie that I presented. James, pull up. Nope. It's about me, a straight James. white male. Uh, listen, I love this film. I love Blades of Glory for Prove so it. many reasons. I uh, need that What? Where's your tattoo? Prove it. Uh, lone Wolf, huh? So, <laughs> and then all of you, all three of you are next to the Lone Wolf because you're all traveling with the Lone Wolf, so it's not lonely. If we get to the $125 a month goal, James will actually get a tattoo no. No. of the no. Lone no. Wolf with that all three of us. I don't then, want that too. And then we'll we'll get it on video, and yeah. then we'll also we'll also send you a photo. Yeah. Oh man, you uh, y'all know how to get to my heart with content, money. You made content. it too easy, James. Yeah. You made it I too know. easy. I so that's really agreed. One twenty-five. That's one twenty-five. That's canon. I, Put I it in the books. My, it's my canon. contributions. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, I me and uh, my absolute best friend, Patrick Scholl. Uh, Kenny Madison. I mean, yeah, no, everyone's my best friend here, but my absolute best friend is Patrick Scholl. Um, Because he and I became friends in first grade. So he's my longest friendship. And that's why Blades of Glory is your favorite movie. That's right. (laughs) Well, high school. In conclusion. Yeah, in conclusion. In conclusion. uh, We would... We would uh, constantly watch this, and then we would quote it all the time to each other. And the scene where uh, Jimmy McElroy and uh, Chaz Michael Michaels see each other after fighting over the gold podium, (laughs) the Michaels McElroy, we would quote that so much to each other, like when we would see each other in the hallways. So, (laughs) And the other thing, (laughs) it has Scott Hamilton in it. Oh, yeah. Hey, and Scott Hamilton in it. He's in most of the movie. And he's... He is. He's at least 75% of this movie. <laughs> I know. It's great. It's amazing. It's so cool. And I don't know. I I know we joke, but, like, Scott Hamilton is actually, like, super meaningful to me because growing up in Bowling Green, Ohio, two hills, um, <laughs> had to put it in there. Uh, it was just, it, it's a very, it's the type of town that, like, if you don't leave, you're stuck in forever, and no one really does great things in Bowling Green. It's just like, oh, yeah, you're here. But So to have someone who, like, to know that someone has won a gold medal in the Olympics for figure skating, like, that's insane. Hold on. And, and four gold wait. medals in the world championships. Mm-hmm. Four? Yeah. Swimming. Any. No. What? Stop it. What? There's still water, James. Yeah, James, you got it. Isn't ice just frozen water? 
Yeah, you're right. Which makes swimming even harder. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it was just cool. Because, like, in in BG, we have a whole street named after him. Like, Yeah, I saw that. It's first Avenue is Scott Hamilton Avenue, right? Yeah, it's, it's right next to the college. Um, to me, that means you've made it. Like, like if you're from a small town and you, you get it as a street there, because they don't. Because small towns don't have fundings to just be throwing away street names willy-nilly. Right. No. Aaron, is that your new goal for Kingsville? Uh, partially. I'm hoping uh, Santa Gertrudis Avenue is made into uh, Aaron Salinas Avenue. That'd be uh, awesome. Or a big comfy uh, cor- corner. So- something, you know? Big comfy just corner. My, big comfy my, my, old, my old stomping grounds, you know? Show a little respect. I, I do... Uh, stomping grounds. Some yeah. people stomped all over this movie. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, for people that have never listened to the podcast before, one of the things that we like to do is add a little bit of context about why someone might feel a little bit of shame about the movie and explain a little bit of what the movie is about. This segment is called The Context. Sick. Thank you. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, three, two, one, sync. In right. sync. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, I'm excited for this review. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've never any giggle like that. I'm scared. In a review titled Blades of Glory, parentheses, review, by Marian Johansson, uh, published Thursday, March 29th, 2007 at 5.30 p.m. on com, and, of course, philosopher is spelled with an F. Naturally. James, I love here it comes. Can it be good, a good sign that it takes five homophobes to come up with lines like, as if figure skating wasn't gay enough already? This describes the tale of figure skaters Chaz Michael Michaels, Will Ferrell, and Jimmy McElroy, John Heater, whose ongoing rivalry lands them both banned from the sport until they discover the loophole that lets them compete as a couple, as a male-male couple. Straight American men are terrified of te gay. And that is at the root of all the humor uh, at play in Blades of Glory. Actual gayness is not the issue. Accusations of gayness, the mere appearance of gayness, these are enough to flummox the typical American male to send him into paroxysms of horror at the possibility that his heterosexuality might be called into question. Blades of Glory is funny only if you think there is something inherently hilarious about the fact that a small minority of men are sexually attracted to other men. Only if you think there is something funny in a straight man being mistaken for one of these freaks of nature. Only if you think there is something amusing about men who are anything other than the hover-driving, date-raping, hot-blooded caricature of a manly man. Did I laugh in a few places? Sure, when the film sent up the excesses of figure skating, not when it assumed I would find homosexuality funny, which is the basis upon which most of the jokes work. To complain about this movie is to give it too much power. It's dumb, it's juvenile, it's pointless, it has nothing to say that's positive or even enlightening by highlighting the sorry state of American culture. It insults everyone, men and women, gays and straights, sports fans and athletes by demeaning individual choice and personal experience under the guise of celebrating it. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We, as a podcast, have watched so much worse movies that deal, like, 
with that gay phobia. Mm-hmm. This is tame to compare to those movies. I would agree. Um, I, I will say, uh, when I was looking up some IMDb stuff, there was a review that just kind of hovered at the top, and it was a it gave it three out of ten stars. Oh, I this is kind of contrary to to what Kenny said. It said too gay positive. Yeah, and it's T O O. Um, some funny bits though. Yeah, no, I saw that like, one too. It's what? Like, listen, they yeah, the gay phobia jokes don't hold up. No, absolutely, no. they do no. not. Uh, but I mean, it'll sound bad, but there's not that many. There's a good bit. Oh, let's just self that sit there for a minute. I think, I think if anything, like um, watching it again in the morning, like you know, all of the close-up shots of like the crotch and stuff. I think it's and just more... to, clarify, to prepare for this podcast. You've been watching Blades of Glory twice a day, every day. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I yes, a Blades of Glory expert. Yeah. Yes, it's a my, it's a daily ritual for me. <laughs> she was watching it on ice skates. She was just getting it. She just. Flooded the garage, turned yeah. on the AC, and was just skating while watching it. That's exactly. But, um, yeah, just, like, the close-up shots of the crotch. I think it's more of, like, I would say it's more just that raunchy crude humor that most of the 2000s comedy kind of centered on. I do understand yeah. that, yeah, there are some of the uh, homophobic jokes do not hold up today, but um, I think more of the other stuff, which just kind of... I mean, yeah, this... In terms of gay panic humor, we've definitely covered far worse films uh, in, in oh, this sure. podcast. I like this movie. I think it's yeah. funny. I think uh, it's and I think people, this is the same amount of gay panic humor that would be commonplace in a 2007 movie. I don't think those jokes would be made uh, today. No. It's still yeah. a problem, but it's also really kind of relegated for that one, that, that first skating sequence where they're uh, both competing for the first time as a Paris couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Yeah. Oh, go uh, I, I think the... Uh... Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. Okay, cool. Um, I think, Sink, the, the gay panic humor <laughs> in this is honestly, and I might get a little flack for this, kind of tame than I thought they would have gone considering it's... Yeah. It's Will Ferrell, and then I, I, I will admit, I do think this is one of Will Ferrell's better, funnier characters, I think. And, and some oh. of the stuff does not stand, and, and I... And I <clears throat> since we're on the topic... Yes, sir? Uh, why was pedophilia kind of a, a funny humor thing? Oh, was he talking about when he was nine years old and he had like a thirty-five-year-old girlfriend? Yeah. There's that, and then he also says because uh, when they meet up together in the back of the the grub the grumblings or whatever, and oh he says he got fat, and he said, "Oh, I see, you still look like a fifteen-year-old girl, just not hot." Yeah, like, that's you know that's one of those instances that it doesn't hold up. I mean, that was just the sensibility of the time. It does, I suppose, which is just trying to say the most provocative, shocking thing. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like that. Like, yeah, because close... I'm gonna go. Uh, okay, see you, man. No, okay, bye. I just bye, got bye, bye. Hey, uh, <laughs> well, hold on, Aaron. Are you there, Aaron? Sink. Okay. 
<laughs> oh boy. See, we still have fun even in the pandemic. And we're not we still up, you know. Pandemic party. Um <laughs> what was I saying? Great question. I don't know. Uh, I just talked about the pedophilia parts. Sure. Oh, Grumbles. Grumbles, I think, is hysterical when he is just, one, the shift he had to make from gold medalist to uh, skating as a ma- mascot. And I, I love his laugh. <laughs> that, like, high-pitched. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I don't know why. But just that juxtaposition of the laugh and then the cut to him just like clearly hating life is just super funny to me. So This was also during a run in the mid-2000s where Will Ferrell just kept doing nothing but sports comedies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Thank you, Kenny. Yeah. Hey, uh, so you're- this is like during an era I feel like, like from 2004 to probably 2007 or 2008 where that time period was just shock humor. And it was like, we're going to say the dumbest shit just to make you laugh. Yeah. And I think this is on well, the tail end. Yeah, because this is also when... Yeah, because I think this is when South Park was doing their um, To Catch a Predator episode, too. Like, that was kind of a, a thing. Like, it was just all okay, I guess, yeah. at, at the time. And... And I, yeah, so I, I found that kind of like, whoa, I completely forgot people joked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing, and I think this is more of a question for you, James, and this is not to be offensive to the sport itself. Um, this is my own ignorance, given that I grew up so close to, you know. Texas. Well, so South Texas. We don't, we don't have snow and ice. Yeah. Is, is uh, figure skating a big deal? What an ignorant question, Aaron. That's so um, offensive. It, are you just talking about in general or in Ohio? Yeah, well, like, yeah, like in the colder states, because, like, I know it's like, or is it like the closeted uh, soccer fans that come out during the World Cup? We do the same um, thing for the Olympics. I, I mean, I'll say this, like, I knew a lot of figure skaters. That took it like seriously, like like McElroy. No, not that seriously. Okay, yeah, because I don't uh, know if that's a real thing. If I'm being honest, no, that culture. I, I think that was part of the joke was that it's okay, and maybe that's why a lot of this didn't land. Was like because that's not how the sport really is. It uh, like it felt like a satire, like joking about people who take this too seriously. So um, Ice Princess is more realistic in that realm, kind of. From my experience in Ohio, yes. But Ice I also, <laughs> I also this, never this, participated in figure skating. The closest I got was I dated a girl in high school who did it for a couple of years. The fact that you knew somebody. See, that that's leaps and bounds farther than my experience with figure skating. Leaps because, and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> leaps and jumps and Iron Lotus is away from my nice. experience with it. Because, yeah, I have I've had... No knowledge of anybody who knew how to ice skate or had even ever ice skated. So, oh, I've ice skated for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, there's an ice skating rink um, here in San Antonio, like five minutes from my parents' house. And right. when I was 11, um, I had my birthday party there. 
and they would have these buckets that you could push on if you oh, like yeah. couldn't balance. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot harder than it looks. For oh sure. yeah, it takes so much balance. It's insane. That's why it is impressive. I will give it that. I understand it is an incredibly difficult sport. Um, you're you're walking on knives, you know. Yeah. In, in all honesty, um, but yeah, I think it's a uh, Katie. What's your experience with ice skating? No. <laughs> Same. Okay. Yes. No. Uh, I've been to an ice skating rink. Uh, what? I believe no, that's not true. Less than a handful of times. Just not a thing for me growing up. But also, I wasn't. Well, I, I'm not really an outdoors kid. Sure. I'm all about yeah. that AC. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I want to turn it into an ice skating rink inside. Amen, and then instead bro. of skating around on it, I take my shirt off and I put my tummy down on it so I can feel cool for the first time. <laughs> and that was the moment Kenny felt cold. Yeah. Uh, so this movie came out in 2007. What do we think of Will Ferrell at this time, Falk? Uh, where, where were you in 2007? How much did you like Will Ferrell? I was a freshman in high school. Frosh! Yeah. Same. Fishy. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, I knew John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite. Sure. And this was such a different role for him at the time. Was it? Um, Is it? Yes and no. Yes and no. He went from nerdy to like now he's like a big deal. Because in Napoleon Dynamite, he's low status. And in this film, I'd say he's high status to the it's, rest of society. It's funny because um, it, when he, when his character, Jimmy McElroy, is more of like the calculated figure skater, whereas mm -hmm. Chaz Michael Michaels is more improvising, and he's like, you know, I don't improvise, but then, you know, they're doing at the, at the end, they're, they're improvising. And I go, yeah. you can't improvise. You're freaking Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> did you not? Like, I see that like pelvic thrust you did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, get the part of that weird time where they were trying to figure out how to use John Heater outside of Napoleon Dynamite. And no one really figured out how. Well, it's interesting. I looked up his IMDb, and he's been working steadily. Oh, most definitely. Uh, he's just, he's so singular as Napoleon Dynamite. And the, whenever he's playing, for, for lack of a better word, normal, it just never uh, clicks for some reason. Yeah. One of the things that I loved about John Heater in this is, I think the thing that Napoleon Dynamite tapped into so well outside of just a funny voice. He's got a great physicality. He's really funny in his movements. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the peacock opening. <laughs> oh, he's pulling out the peacock. Yeah. I loved it. The, the things that he did choreography-wise is something that he was actually bringing to the table as opposed to like Will Ferrell doing his usual shtick. John Heater was, had, a, had a different uh, physicality to it that I don't know. Kind of bounced off fairly well. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird buddy pairing of John Heater and Will Ferrell for it mm -hmm. as, as well. But it works. It does. I think it does. My actually my favorite one of my favorite scenes is um, when after they get into the fight at Grublets on Ice and the coach coach um, he's <laughs> like T Bowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's my slow and then. He throws a 
Yeah. And like every yeah. it, it turned right. beautiful in that split second that he's <laughs> he's slowing it down. He's like holding it. And you know, as a soccer coach, I totally get it because that's what you see. You see greatness. Uh, um, for for me, for for Will, um, I was uh, an SNL kid, and this was his oh, time in SNL was was right at my time of being able to comprehend the humor and everything. Yeah. Um, and so I loved that, and then I remember seeing him in like old school. And uh, I think Bewitched is another one I kind of remember off the top of my head. That was before this one. Um, but if if I'm being honest, I, I think being. I, I will. I, I think I, I think this is is. I think it's one of his more memorable roles, and the fact that Ben Stiller was considered for Chaz Michael Michaels I saw first. That. Really. Yeah. yeah, and oh, he said man. no because it's too close to everything he's ever played. Yeah, which was like because Ben Stiller would have been coming off of dodgeball. Yeah, yes, during this time. Yeah, that and makes then, sense. Then, then he was uh, he was Zoolander too. Yeah, and he was Zoolander exactly. I mean, yeah, basically, if this was Ben Stiller's chest, Michael Michaels, it would have been his character from Dodgeball, his character from Heavyweights. Yes, it would, it would have just exactly been that. Uh, yeah. It would have been good to see Will Ferrell in, well, I don't know, maybe it's just John Keeter being quieter as Jimmy McElroy because he's just not as loud of a comedian. And Will Ferrell is just such a force of nature. But it would have been nice to see Will Ferrell underplaying it as well because that's always funny too. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's what makes the other guys really work. Yeah. Is the fact that he's so low status mm-hmm. and he just makes it work. But... And I will say, coming from a big guy, I really usually don't like big guy humor. Mm-hmm. But uh, Will Ferrell kind of fits into that like dad bod situation, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I kind of caught myself laughing at the fat jokes for him, which I don't normally do. Sure. Because like, especially when with the treadmill bit, and <laughs> Craig T. T. Nelson gets off and he he leaves the room and he just like does it real quick just to eat. I, oh my god! I would have done that, that anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a funny bit. I'm like, God, normally I wouldn't laugh, but like, had he been 40 pounds heavier, probably wouldn't have laughed. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it just works, and just his 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 humor and his physicality to it, of just like that desperation of God, I just need to fucking eat. I, I don't care about anything else. Well, like, the fact that it was bread, like I yeah. all all 100 pounds of me would have still done that and been like, you yes. see shit. Because we've all been in those moments where we haven't been able to eat for hours. And then like, when he's just throwing food at him, throw me some chicken. Like that's such a good line. And he's singing uh, My Humps, but he's like, right. a lady hump. It's provocative. <laughs> That song Which, uh, was like that song was so popular at that time too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Black Eyed Peas, then, man. That snippet went on to uh, be in a Jay Z and Kanye West song. So this oh, really? is oh yes, iconic. yeah. <laughs> oh man, amazing. Uh, here's just to so give a context of the Will Ferrell sports comedy, which is its own subgenre. These are these sports movies because I don't think he's done any since then. Just the sports movies between 2005 and 2008. Kicking and Screaming. That's a oh soccer movie. I, Talladega yeah, Nights. I, I love Kicking and Screaming. Blades of Glory uh, and Semi Pro. 
Oh, I so he about did, that one. Yeah. He did four sports comedies in four years, which is crazy. I think we found our next marathon gang. Will Ferrell sports movies? Yeah. Will Ferrell sports movies that most everyone has kind of forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. But what, it, what I think is great about that is he went to school for sports broadcasting. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, that tracks. That, that's what he wanted to do. He went to USC for, for uh, sports broadcasting, which if any place to go, I think that is because it's USC during their heyday. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he was like, hey, I want to do comedy too. So I'll start doing this Groundlings thing after graduation. And that's what he did. And he's always on ESPN bits. He's always doing stuff. He just likes sports. And yeah. I think he's kind of at that point in his career where if it's kind of like a goofy, dumb sports movie, he's the first one you think of. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And you just kind of give it to him. Yeah. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, aside, even with all the, the, the stuff that doesn't hold up, the homophobia, the, uh, the pedophilic jokes, his bits are, are just like the, the, ta- the, the, the illustrated man where he starts like pointing out his tattoos. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just like such a, a weird uncle conversation that you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just, Quan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon lady herself. And Michelle Kwan was an ice princess. Remember, she made a cameo. Yes, oh, like, yeah, that's right. She made a cameo at the end. Her second week of Michelle Kwan. <laughs> yeah, and then Oksana Bayul. <laughs> and um, why didn't Pam from The Office ever work out with anything else, really? Because she had the success of The Office. She's kind of just locked into the office for nine years. Yeah. So she could only do like a movie every once in a while. Yeah, but but like now, I mean, we don't see a lot of her now. Like we're seeing what's his face. Uh, because he's uh, she's in her forties. Yeah, that that is Hollywood is um, ageist and sexist. I think she's in her forties, rather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's forty-six. So that's. That's kind of why, unfortunately. Also, okay. this movie was when Amy Poehler and Will Arnett were still married. I yes. know. Yeah, it made me sad. But I know. Also, I love their characters. Yes, they're they're amazing. Although, yeah, when they announced they were getting divorced, I'm like, love is dead. Oh yeah. no, absolutely, I cried. They're amazing in this movie. I. Yeah. I wish they never. Man, it's in Amy Poehler's autobiography about how like because it talks about like her separating with Will and I just get so sad in that bit because like she talks about like how amazing of a father he is yeah but, like it just didn't work out I'm like no that can't happen <sighs> but now she's with Nick Kroll I don't think so anymore well she was for a bit sure who is Amy Poehler dating here we go yeah. But anyway, yeah, they're they're great. I think they make great villains. Oh my god, so g- I love. I mean, it's part of the gay joke, but I don't think it's meant to be because when it's they hear about the news of Chaz and Jimmy entering, and it's just Will Arnett like on the polar bear rug, just stroking it. And he's like, 
ah, those freaks. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, the, you see the juxtaposition, like, it's a satire. They're, uh, I love it. Will Arnett is hilarious. Hot tank. Will Arnett is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he's so funny in this movie. Uh, I've just been going through Arrested Development again. Oh uh, because <laughs> we're locked down and that show is still so insanely funny. Uh, his, Job is such a singular character. I don't understand how you could create a character like that and have them be acted exactly like that. It's so perfect. And work. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, they call him Gob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gob Blue. Yeah. Uh, and then also just watched Lego Batman movie the other night, and he's so good. I, I need that, to watch that. I've heard great things. Oh, you haven't seen Lego Batman movie? Mm, I, I think I might. the second one, too. The second Lego movie. It's. I mean, those three movies are all probably five stars. Yeah. Oh, the book. first one was just amazing. Oh, the first one's great. Yeah. Uh, Lego Batman movie, I think I might like even more, maybe? Should we? I do. Yeah, that, he that was actually he was actually um, on this week's The Masked Singer. He was a guest judge. Well, Arnett, really? Yeah, because his show he's uh, the host of that Fox show Lego Masters. Uh, yeah, because of like I guess the success of Lego Batman. Yeah, yeah, nice. but he was he was on The Masked Singer this week. Yeah, that's, that's great. awesome. <laughs> uh, I, and then also. I'm just thinking about Will Arnett and Hot Rod. Have you guys seen Hot Rod? Yes! No, I love Hot Rod. We need it's, to do that one. It's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, I love the Lonely Island's output, and I think it might be their funniest movie, period. Really? That's it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Was that yeah. before or after they, or kind of during their big like YouTube production phase? That was... They were on SNL at the time, so it's after their YouTube Channel One stuff. Uh, yeah, they were on SNL at the time, and they made this movie, okay. which Hot Rod was an old Will Ferrell project that just never happened, and then they oh. made it, and it feels so. It feels so Lonely Island. I love that so movie great. so much. Yeah, I need to. I need. I need to watch it. It's really great. I see. It's really <laughs> great. What's we're gonna have to do an episode. I'm done. And again, the movie that we're talking about is 2007's Blades of Glory. Which is great. I Oh, this is this is dumb. But uh, I, it's just a silly thought. Like, um, I, uh, <laughs> I remember in high school, my junior year, so two years after I've seen this movie, but I've seen it multiple times since then, uh, for my pop culture class. This is 2009. Correct. And I am tasked with the assignment, the homework assignment, to list your top five favorite films. Oh, God. And <laughs> the first three are Blades. Correct. Second is of, third one is Glory. Correct. And then the fifth movie is Glory, uh, the Civil War movie. With, yeah, of course. Yeah. Not very good movie. Uh, but uh, on the list was Blades of Glory, and I don't know why... I don't know what possessed me, probably because I was just bored and I didn't think anyone would actually pay attention, but um, you had to put quotes from the movie in it, and the quote I chose was, are you an official here? Because you've officially given me a boner. 
Oh my God. Did you present that in class? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> it was great. People loved it. Teacher didn't love it. It's my cross to bear. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sex addict. It's my cross to bear. Oh, the fact that Luke Wilson makes a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. How about him? But, uh, and speaking of cameos, um, I was watching, I've been watching Sopranos. I forget, Will Arnett was in Sopranos. What? Wait, wait, wait which season? What? Season four, he plays the undercover detective's husband. He's Whoa. probably like in maybe five minutes total. Oh. But it's weird to see a very young Will Arnett, because this is like 2001, 2000, yeah, 2001, because I talk about 9-11. Oh, and yeah, just to see that, and then I totally forgot. I blanked that he was in Blades of Glory, and I saw that. And I was like, "Whoa, this is weird!" Oh yeah. my gosh! But uh, another reason I loved this movie, and I I don't know if I'm just like the king of catching those teeny tiny snippets of people that I love, um, but the guy who holds the the hot dog with the two wieners <laughs> in the buns, he's one of my favorite poets of all time. What? Yeah. And Wait, his name is- what? Yeah, the guy who says, does this look normal to you? And it's the two wieners in the bun. Which, side note, I would absolutely eat. That looks delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're getting good. more meat. You're getting more product. Yeah. It's like a deluxe hot dog. Like, you know? Exactly. Right. right. Nobody's, nobody says the same thing about two uh, hamburger patties. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, who is this poet, poet, Aaron? His Tell us more about the poet. Smith. Who? His name is Poetry Smith. Uh, he was a longtime veteran of the Deaf Poetry Jam oh. on HBO. Wow. Um, one of his, one of my favorite uh, poems from him is, is uh, called "Dating Myself," mm-hmm. um, and it's just what it's about. Um, and this is like 2002 ish. This was. Are y'all familiar with Deaf Poetry Jam? No, this is the first time I've heard of it. No, so I thought you, at first I thought you meant Dead Poet Society. Yeah, that's where my head is too. But Deaf Poetry Jam uh, was uh, a, I think it was like 45 minutes to an hour long block that on, on HBO that had uh, just poetry. And it was just people would come in. Kanye West, before he was like famous as a rapper, he's so on there. Old Kanye? Old, like young Kanye like I'm talking I think he had just turned 18 and and oh he was gosh. on there um Smokey Robinson makes appearances Jamie Foxx very very early Jamie Foxx makes appearances it's hosted by the rapper Most Deaf um and yeah so they just go on there and they just recite poetry and it, I think it had like three seasons um it was what I I love poetry uh, I write poetry it's one of my favorite things in the world oh, um, and that's awesome he yeah his name's poetry smith poetry with an i um and it's called dating myself and it's a very aaron salinas poem it's just you know uh just kind of like i'm cute and and kind of cuddly and snuggly and i'm just gonna date myself for a little bit but you know women as soon as they see you with another person they want to start dating you all of a sudden that's kind of like what it's about it's a very cute cute poem um but he also has some other stuff uh like he's very much against uh, toxic masculinity, which was huge for 2002, I think. Yeah. Um, especially uh, like during that time when we were very like pro-war and pro-Americana and, and you know, you gotta, 
you got to grab your penis along with your gun if you want to be taken seriously as a man. Um, and he, he spoke against that. He's a, a very interesting person. But, yeah, I remember because I had already known of him at that time. And then when I saw that, I was like, whoa. I remember, like, in the theater making the biggest deal about that, what, three-second cameo? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like, whoa, that's Poetry Smith. And everybody was like, who? And I was like, yeah. po- po- Poetry Smith. Like, it, it was, yeah. It that's was, uh, but, yeah, he's a he's a great guy. But, yeah, so. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Kind of, uh, what format of poems do you write? Or is it just free form? Uh, sometimes free form, sometimes haiku. Um, I actually won poetry state championship in texas nice oh my god 2012 yeah if you, um, donate to the, if you donate to the patreon um at the ten dollar no. level aaron will write a personal haiku for you yes okay i can do that yeah um, I, i've also been writing in haikus i just want attention <laughs> I, I i think sorry james i'm gonna have to go with aaron on his, his poems are probably of yeah. higher quality <laughs> because he wrote uh, you won a championship, and I've yeah. won it for three years. Yeah, fine. Oh, one one note I did want to make is so the CDC would totally approve of Jimmy McElroy's actions because he <laughs> is using a lot of hand sanitizer in this oh movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we can't forget about his stalker, his stalker Hector. Yeah, Nick Swarsley. <laughs> I just like... want to say it's very refreshing to see a character named Hector. Who doesn't have a bald fade and doesn't sell Mexican tar heroin? Hey, I gotta yeah. say, that's oh, you gotta make a, you gotta make your own list. I, I might because uh, they actually just did a uh, reunion from with Hector and what's his face from uh, was it Fast and Furious, the second movie? Too fast. Too, Too furious. furious. No. Too fast. Too Tokyo furious. Drift, I'm sorry. Tokyo Drift. Luda. Yeah, that's the third one. And they brought Hector and that main character together and they, they, they did a little catch up and I thought it was so cute. Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, with, yeah with Hector, yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could be a stalker for a celebrity or a celebrity athlete, who would it be? Like an unhealthy one? Like a stan? Like a yeah, like a, like a stan. Part of me wants to yeah. say Antonio Banderas, just because he's zaddy. Zaddy, yeah. I'm going to stick with Tina Fey, because I'll learn something from her. <laughs> that I mean, that's a good reason. Uh, that's I why would I'm d- just, I get more col- comedy knowledge. I would do, obviously, John Mayer, because I think he would actually kind of be about <laughs> it. And, <laughs> and then I'd be on his Instagram show, uh, Current Mood. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh, saw that. Has plans already about this? <laughs> oh, oh yes, John, please. <laughs> John, we know you're listening. Uh, just let Olivia on the podcast or please Instagram. come to the pod, John. I feel like you'd have a lot to say. Yeah, what's your shame watch, John? Let us know in the comments below. What, what if it's just something like, uh, yeah, Titanic doesn't <laughs> doesn't really get there. I would totally <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Let's do a Titanic podcast with John Mayer. I would be about it. About I, it. I feel like Titanic might count as a shame watch, even though it's the third highest grossing film of all time. Uh, right below Avatar, and below that, Avengers Endgame. Well, uh-huh. especially because it's so memeable now. Yeah. 
that's true. And the film again that we are talking about is uh, 2007 Blades of Glory. Kenny, who you, you didn't answer the stalker question. Who would you? I be can't a... think of it. Uh, definitely not Nick Swartzen. Uh, <laughs> good grief! I, I find it so bland. Uh, I saw him do stand up uh, once during the it was a uh, the the funnier die comedy tour. Mm-hmm. They were going to colleges, and uh, a friend of a friend of mine had gotten us tickets to uh, them going to Kansas State, I think, wherever the Kansas College was that was in Manhattan. So he drove up six hours yeah, to go see thing. Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, Dimitri Martin, and <sighs> Nick Swartzen. Wow. And three out of four of them were so hilarious, and there was also Nick Swartzen. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Will Ferrell's hilarious. Dimitri Martin is so funny. Zach Galifianakis. This was right before he popped. Mm, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, so, he no name at that point? Yeah. And wow. it, his stand-up was just incredible. And then Nick Swartzen was just doing frat humor, which I wasn't that keen into. But also, if you're going to have someone playing a comedy show in a stadium at a college, you're going to bring someone that does frat humor. Yeah, at Kansas uh, yeah. State, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, it was just so unappealing. Uh, Nick Swartzen, never like him. He's not really funny. I'm, I'm tra- what was his big pop movie? Was it Benchwarmers? Nick Swartzen? Yeah. I don't think he ever did pop. Well, not pop, but where people were like, oh, that guy. He's, a, he's he's definitely a that guy. I think yeah. it's Reno 911, honestly. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, he was very much a reoccurring actor. In yeah. That. He wasn't a reoccurring character. It was just he was playing other people, correct? Oh. I don't, I've never watched Reno 911 of any substance. Uh, anytime that I've watched it, it's me flipping over to Comedy Central and going, oh, okay, my show's not on yet. And then flipping <laughs> anywhere else. That is the most accurate statement about that. Yeah. Show. Uh, fun <laughs> fact, though Charlie Day his wife on that show. What? Charlie Day met his wife on that show? Yeah, I know we were talking about Lego Movie, but yeah, Charlie Day met his wife on that show. They were oh, both, uh, I think, like meth addicts or meth, meth something. And then they later, later went on to make It's Always Sunny. What? 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 Can we talk about the ice skate foot chase? Yeah. God, that oh, was so yes. Hard. And that how outrageously hilarious that is. Uh, for the people that might be listening to this podcast that for some reason haven't watched the movie yet, at some point there's a foot chase between Will Ferrell's character and Will Arnett's character where Will Arnett is chasing Will Ferrell and they're ice skating on a frozen river uh, and then uh, at some point they're going into the actual auditorium where the match is about to happen <laughs> so they have to get off of the river and they start walking clumsily on their ice skates they've just been doing flawless choreography on the river and then just as soon as they take one step onto the ground, it becomes the most cumbersome, awful foot chase that takes so long. It's, that scene alone is five stars. It's, it's so outrageously funny. funny. And like, because it's, <laughs> the two things that always crack me up in that scene, in that montage, really, that sequence, like when uh, they get up the elevator, even the elevator bit's pretty funny. Uh, or not elevator, escalator, I'm sorry. Yeah. Escalator. Uh, 
but like after that, and they run into the the ski shop, yeah. Yeah. and he knocks them. All, Will Ferrell knocks them all down, and then Will Arnett grabs a woman, and Will Ferrell's just like, "Don't make me kill her." <laughs> so dumb. And then and Snowflake. Then, yeah, Snow. Yes, that's what I was bringing up. And uh, moments after, the they continue the chase, and then Will Arnett just grabs a cr- uh, crossbow and shoots at Will Ferrell, and then it hits the mascot Snowflake. And oh my god, Will Ferrell's reaction, just the, the snowflake, uh, and then the silence that happens. Between. Like three seconds of silence was <laughs> oh, uh. so, so funny. Some of the funniest thing I, I've still ever seen. And then that- the moment that just really captures it is Will Arnett's like little like eyebrow, wa- eyebrow raise that's like, well, what'd you expect? And they just keep running. It's... It's so perfect. I Will Arnett and Amy Poehler's routine that's supposed to be depicting street life. Oh my god. Urban, oh my god. urban street life and they're dancing to Marky Mark. And the funky and it's so outrageously offensive and makes them into such tricks. They're I mean, they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh Will like Arnett. Name like and, Van Waldenberg, which is just yeah. synonymous with privilege basically. <laughs> oh, when they're in the when they're in their um their house, like their mansion, and Will Arnett is like on the polar bear rug. I love that. I love yeah. that. And I then, love and then when they're they're trying to guilt trip Katie, and he's like, yes. "Remember when they used to be alive?" Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Papa? You're crying even in heaven. <laughs> Still dead. <laughs> but but Kenny, I going back to that that ice skating chase. I think one of my favorite moments is there. There that Will Arnett's in the hot pursuit of, of Will Ferrell, yes. and they're coming up to a pipe, and this is supposed to be like a big <laughs> in the road for him. Yes, it's time for a little chazzle dazzle. There's this beautiful <laughs> elaborate spin, like oh, <laughs> gold. Yeah. and then Will Arnett just like does the limbo. <laughs> just, oh, beautiful! It's so good. And, and it's kind of dumb, but that's kind of why I really like Will Ferrell's character because his character is, you know, this this sex crazed man who's who's from the streets and you know cover of Maxim, but he still appreciates and understands the beauty of the sport. Like, yeah, I, I think that's a very weird line to like dabble on, but like I mean, he, he still movie... understands the complexity. This movie is weird tonally because there's not one character that you could call normal. Every yeah, single that, one of them is heightened. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's a parody as well. If it had gone just like 25% more, it would have definitely been an airplane or a hot rod, something that's just packed with so many jokes per minute. And yeah, Do you think it's because there's not a ton of figure skating movies in the mainstream that they were like hey let's let's try and give a little bit of respect where it's due cuz i mean they it's chock full it's got Nancy Kerrigan it's got Scott Hamilton it's got like primo people like yeah, these are Nancy olympic Kerrigan, uh Scott Hamilton uh primo people you know <laughs> just think you know oh and then they, they make references i think Chaz says something about Christy Yamaguchi as well he won like a Christy um, Yamaguchi Achievement Award or whatever. Award. <laughs> yeah, like and and 
it, it's I, I think they didn't want to parody it too much because it, I will admit it's probably one of the most difficult sports you can do. I, the movie feels like it's making fun of ice skating the whole time because none of the choreography is feels realistic. No. No, no yeah. probably just the double axle, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, which I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. so fine with. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of surprisingly slow, I guess. Which is which is so fine. This movie's good. Um, yeah, but it's also I'm thinking about Dodgeball, which is yeah. a very similar movie in terms of tone, but still Vince Vaughn is playing an everyman character. He's just a guy. Mm-hmm. The, the one that is closest to feeling like a normal person is Jenna Fish's character, Katie. But even she is, she has that line where uh, Katie and uh, Jimmy McElroy are on the date. Yes. And she tells a story about <laughs> her parents <laughs> dying. Yeah, I know it's like, <laughs> and then they kiss. And oh, it's so was, bad. Oh, it's, I never thought oh, that, that was a romantic story before. Oh, yeah, that kiss, that kiss is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and and kind of like to double back, I mean, to literally the opening of the film. God, that's such a funny DreamWorks opening. logo. <laughs> <laughs> From um, the studio that brought you Gladiator. And <laughs> oh, oh Guys, I, I, for, I almost forgot. So I have the DVD. And nice. When I popped it in, the first preview was for, wait for it, a okay. B movie. A B oh. movie? Like, oh my god. With Jerry Seinfeld. And it, it's not just a normal preview, it's the extended preview. No. Oh god. It's him you like in costume dropping down and like doing a scene from the movie, and then Steven Spielberg comes in and uh just <laughs> he's like this should be a cartoon and Spielberg Spielberg's it all up. Beelsberg. Ah <laughs> yeah, that's um Beben Beelsberg. That's right. It's just Beben Beelsberg. Unbelievable uh, film. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it. I've only heard of its weirdness. And there's this, so... there's this weird thing in the Austin improv community where, like, people are obsessed with it. Mainly you like jazz? Like what? You like you jazz? Like jazz? Is that... You like jazz? Why are you... Or is Do that... you like jazz? I've never seen the movie. <laughs> hint, hint. You mean you've never seen the movie? Get yeah. it? <laughs> All right, I think it's not even that. in a hundred episodes would we have watched B movie. Yeah, not even. Does that mean it's going to be a hundred episode, a hundred and one? Maybe. <laughs> Aaron, cut it that just part might out. have to. It just Aaron, cut to. out everything before this part. James, no. start over. No. Uh, welcome to Shame Watch. <laughs> but yeah, I think when they're at the orphanage and he does that wonderful spin that was just god awful CG. All right, <laughs> and it turns to the, the father. He goes, "I'll take him." That like, is great. The and nun the going the, like the dude in the side of the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, I the the actor's name is William Fickner, uh, Jimmy McElroy's adopted father, who I believe says that he's looking into 
adopting human orphans. Right. Which is is one of the, yep. So funny. And the other part, which is hysterical, is having him say, I'm unadopting you. Yes, I I know. I love it. Which is so hilarious. I mean, statement. Just uh, make it a clean break, you know? (laughs) I guess that's not the right word. Uh, Legally disowning you. I guess I'm out to the same thing. (laughs) That's right. I. He's another that guy actor. He is. He's always Mm -hmm. so good. And he's honestly a a that guy sports movie actor. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or military, I think, because I I remember him from Longest Yard, the remake. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, he's the quarterback. He's the the big bad cop. Um. Yeah, he's he's honestly like, uh, and Kenny just said his name. I'll never remember it. Um, You're gonna remember William Fichtner? Nope. How could you not remember William Fichtner? William Fichtner, come on the pod. Yeah, yeah, come on the pod. Whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready, William. Uh, I just watched Dark Knight for the first time uh, in a long time, and he's in. Uh, he's in that prologue. He's the. Uh, he's got the sawed-off shotgun and is is shooting it at, at what's his face in the very beginning. The Joker? No, 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 no. Um, the guy with the makeup. <laughs> no, that's the Joker. Man. No, he's the Batman. Not the Batman. The other one. He's got the smile and like he's he's like uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Oh no, not Johnny Cash. The guy. Uh, he's like you ever you ever wonder how I got this situation on my face? I don't know. What's the situation? Can't can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh. Those Pickner's line is what? What? You go first. Okay, uh, that trilogy I'd love to rewatch. Oh yeah, Christopher Nolan Batman. I haven't seen them in a long, long time. They are all on my movies anywhere account now. Oh, I will steal them. Um, I just remember that Batman Begins is a really good screenplay because they make the distinction. They Kenny. They make the distinction, Kenny. They make the distinction uh, because, like, Batman's whole backstory usually was that his His parents parents were shot. Yeah, well, just happened to be shot. But Batman begins, he's the reason they leave. So that's why he feels the guilt. Every other time is just, like, a random happenstance. Here's the great thing about Lego Batman movie. You don't see his parents get shot. Finally. Yeah, we we know. I know. That's like even part of my tragic backstory is the horse lord. Please <laughs> <laughs> uh, regale us with that backstory, Olivia. Oh, let uh, me guess. Or... Let me guess. Let me guess. Can I guess? Let me guess. Let me yes, guess. Yes, go Can ahead, Kenny. You were walking out of uh, Zorro with your horse parents, and you were walking down a horse alley, <laughs> and your horse parents got shot by deadly horse tranquilizers. <laughs> yeah. It's like you were there, Kenny. <laughs> Wait, is Kenny the killer all Were along? you? <laughs> is this the you horse joke? Have you ever dressage? Oh, speaking of horse shampoo, Chaz <laughs> Michael Michaels has horse shampoo, and yep. I'm curious to see if it actually does give you a shiny coat. I mean, uh, at the $150 level at Patreon, we'll all get horse shampoo and start. Main and tail specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can purchase at the grooming section of most major supermarkets. Can you really? Amazing. Yeah. Go to H E B or Walmart and it'll be there in the, in the same bottle. They haven't changed it for decades. 
I don't think people have uh, started hoarding that for the quarantine. So. Yeah, I'll Instacart it. I'll have my delivery person go to the grocery store just for horse shampoo during the quarantine. Then go ahead and archive that because that's our 150 goal. Yes, 125 was, uh, what was it? Was it Aaron's Poetry? No, Aaron's Poetry was $10 a month. Yeah. Oh, 125 was the tattoo. The yeah. tattoo, James gets a that's tattoo. Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, I'll commit to it too. How about we all get tattoos? Oh, no. No, I'm good. But I'll get one of the ones that you put the water on. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, Yeah, and it comes off within like a week. It depends on the tattoo and the placement, but sure. I'll I'll do the temporary tattoo. No, you have to do the Uh, permanent one. Yeah, you have to get a real one. That's different. James, it's it's in the canon. You can't mess up the canon. I feel bullied. Yeah, as as sure as it is canon that anytime anyone gets a twofer, Aaron has to pay thirty dollars to them. What? No, it's just canon. <laughs> like we all remember when Aaron tried to take away uh, money for cancer. That was uh, unreal. I, I can't yeah. even believe that. Speaking of cancer, uh, this is how going, are you going to pull this off? This like, <laughs> funny. I was like, Where watch your watch your mouth, James. Yes. Tread lightly, James. Tread yes. lightly. Wait. Scott Hamilton is a cancer survivor and a brain tumor survivor, and he developed a organization called CARE that is essentially just a fundraiser to help those cancer uh, people who are dealing with cancer. Oh, okay. That's how I pull it out. Okay, I was like, you better watch your mouth. Yeah, I I know. I'm not an asshole. This could very well end the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I still kind of felt it offensive. Aaron, you should pay 30 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) To CARE. Yeah. Hamilton. To care. Oh. The Rotten Tomatoes game. Shall we, folks? Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Can I say uh, one more thing about Scott Hamilton? Here we go. Uh, one last thought about uh, Scott I watched, Hamilton, the swimmer. I watched uh, behind... So on the DVD, there's uh, 20 questions with Scott Hamilton. And he seems like such a cool dude. Like, he is so down to earth. And, like, he was just, like, joking with the DVD producer. So he's just a cool dude, and the fact that he's beat cancer and a brain tumor and isn't bitter about that, but instead, like, makes it part of his cause to help people, I think is super inspiring. He has a book, uh, I believe, called uh, Finish First. Hold on. Uh, uh, Book. But I, I really want to – it's called uh, finish, finish First, Winning Changes Everything. So I'm going to read that because, like, he – to me, he really is kind of an inspiration, and I want to learn from him. Scott Hamilton, come on the pod. Oh, my God, please. That would be amazing. Please. Uh, I tried messaging him on <laughs> on Twitter, but his messages are disabled, so. That makes Aww. sense. That makes I saw that you followed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's Scott Hamilton 84 because that's the year he won the Olympics. Yep. Oh, that's um, awesome. But yeah. Even in the past, he, huh? And <laughs> his signature move was a backflip. Wait, really? Yeah. I read it on his website. Like, he. I'll look it up again, but yeah, that's pretty he cool. just did a backflip. <clears throat> Also, uh, listen, I know people are going to go out there and uh, look up Scott Hamilton, and they're going to be like, James, he's not from Bowling Green. 
it says here he's from Toledo. You're a liar, Internet. He's not from Toledo. Don't lump Bowling Green into oh, Toledo territory, all right? Bowling Green is different from Toledo. Also, it was the coolest thing on the 20 questions thing when he said, yeah, I'm Scott Hamilton. I was born in Bowling Green, Ohio. That's it. I'm done. He, uh, yeah, if you just look up Scott Hamilton, the second search result on YouTube is backflip 1992. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, cause like I said, you're walking on knives when you're doing this. So the accuracy and strength I would think needed to do that. Yeah. Kind of interesting. It's we so haven't cool. even talked about the Iron Lotus. Well, Which would I, never he's like, When he's like, I took it to the one place crazy enough to try it. <laughs> North, North Korea. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, can you explain what the heck the Iron Lotus is just for people that might not have listened or watched Blades of Glory? Sure. So the Iron Lotus is this uh, move that was developed by Craig T. Nelson, the actor. Not not the character, the real-life actor. Um, he, you know, he had so much free time after Coach ended. That's right. And so he um, started working for the Federation and developed this move called the Iron Lotus, And but it was deemed too risky. So he took it to North Korea. And essentially, he had tried it with a male and a female uh, pair. And I think the um, – is it like one of the skaters is like wrapped around – the other skater's neck. Yeah. Which just and trying it, to think about how that would happen. <laughs> period. How right. get and so, there? It's almost... And so then the, um, the lighter weight skater, I guess, is released into the air. Um, and kind of does a front flip or a back flip? Back flip. Back flip. Yeah. And then the, um, the heavier skater, the stationary skater, he does like this spin move. But um, unfortunately, it did not work in North Korea either because the female skater got beheaded. So Craig T. Nelson, not the coach, but actual Craig T. Nelson. Right, yeah. Was, no. You know, he was like, hey, we need to do a move like this if we're going to win in Montreal. And so. And the one thing that sets them apart is twin dogs. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> physics was off with a male. <laughs> the physics. so stupid that Craig T. Nelson actual Craig T. Nelson agreed. It was just like, yep, that's exactly. Twin dongs. Twin dongs. So, like, if one of y'all, like, threw me in the air like that, yeah, no, no. Yeah, like, I'd imagine stuff like that has been attempted. I don't think that specifically. But, but I don't know. People do some weird shit online. I'll say, yeah. I'll say, I'll say this. I don't think in the professional circuit that's been tried. <laughs> okay. I didn't think a backflip was done, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, in a single, not a double, like not in a pairs thing. Oh, I also like it in their final routine when they're like clanking their skates oh together. My, oh, that was cool. <laughs> their final that's honestly just cool. Is so cool. Yeah. Amazing. Flash. Save uh, me. Are we ready for Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Penny looks James, calm down. I, <laughs> I, I love this film. I really do. Film's amazing. This brings up a nice... Rotten Tomatoes game is based off the website Rotten Tomatoes. 
A film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. I'm going to be asking for two uh, Rotten Tomato scores, one being the critical score, as well as the audience score, and all of these numbers will be to be without going under. So starting See. with the critical... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, we got to get good sound. Got to do a sync check. We haven't done a sync check in a while. Sync. It's gonna be May. <laughs> uh, out of 185 critical reviews, uh, without going under, starting with Olivia, what do you think the critical score is for Blades of Glory? I think it's 68%. 68%. Why 68%? I feel like. Critics, you know, really liked Will Ferrell because he was like at his, you know, peak around this time. Mm -hmm. um, I obviously think the um, homophobic jokes, gay panic humor, you know, docked it a little bit. Yes. Is, you know, slightly by 32%. But um, yeah, I think just, you know, he was in his prime and, and there's just a lot of really good humor in this movie. So I think that if anything, there had to they had to have at least laughed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, James, what do you think the critical score is for Blades of Glory? Eighty-four percent. Eighty-four percent. That's much higher than what Olivia said. Yeah, it's all my bias. <laughs> I love this film. Now, uh, Aaron, uh, Olivia's score was sixty-eight. James's score was eighty-four. You could go above those, below those, uh, or just say a letter. <laughs> Joke on that who it was. Um, <laughs> I, good, good, good job. Good job, Aaron. I'm going to say 58. 58%. Which, I don't know why I'm just thinking about this now. Um, it's weird how Adam Sandler gets such flack for his movies. But Will Ferrell is kind of like the, the the little brother that every the, the movie community doesn't really hammer as hard on him. I guess because he just doesn't direct or produce as well, much. Here's the thing that I uh, here's the thing that I find different about Will Ferrell. Adam Sandler pretty much stays in this wheelhouse most of the time, and then every once in a great while will step outside. Will Ferrell will very often do something very commercial and bland. So he can do something that's really weird and niche. Uh, like after this movie, I think in 2010, he did a full Spanish language comedy film. Yeah. He's speaking Spanish the entire time with a full Spanish cast, Amazing. which is weird. Uh, he did that Lifetime movie and no one was going to say anything until I think someone just blabbed. Like they, he did a straight up Lifetime movie that we don't ever talk about with Kristen Wiig. And it's like, it's just a lifetime movie. It's yeah. not funny. <clears throat> and I, so I listened to the Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast. And he talks about that, how like it was supposed to be way over the top and like, it's making fun of lifetime movies, but no one got that. Yeah. So it just, it was a flop, but he and Kristen Wiig had a fun time. He did uh, Spoils of Babylon and IFC. He does these really small projects and frequently doesn't 
get acclaim for them just because I, you're just kind of going, what, what is this? Because it's so small. Yeah, that's true. And it, it kind of seems like Will Ferrell's doing things because he wants to and because he enjoys them yeah. as opposed to Adam Sandler where it's more so, hey, I, need, I, need a, I need some money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, need I, I don't care how I get it. I, I just need some money, which I think it's been calculated. His great grandchildren will never have to work with. I think just the Netflix deal alone. Uh, so I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't need money. Yeah, like enjoy the craft, which I'm assuming is what Uncut Gems was—a craft he enjoyed, mm-hmm. and it, it looked good, man. But nobody takes it serious anymore. And then even his partnership with Wolf, uh, with Adam McKay. You can't say that they're, they're of a similar ilk, but they're all, I don't know, it's, it's trying to push Will Ferrell's persona in different ways. Yeah. Uh, Anchorman is such a, such a character. Ricky Bobby is a completely different flavor. The Step Brothers is so juvenile. Yeah. And then other guys, he's giving such an understated performance. Uh, and then they went back to Anchorman 2, which is just not good. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, going back to the Rotten Tomatoes game, James, you are the closest without going under. Uh, congratulations. The correct answer is 70%. Wow, Olivia, uh, you're right there. Oh, my God. So right there. Uh, but this game could completely change with the audience score. Out of 1,402,994 audience rankings, that's 1,402,994 audience rankings. Uh, Aaron, what do you think the audience score is for Blades of Glory? That's a passionate bunch. Um, 87. 87. Damn, Aaron, Damn I was going to say 87. <laughs> 87. Uh, why like 87? I, said, I, I think it's just a, a passionate bunch, with, which it's a very quotable movie. Mm-hmm. Um even even as homophobic and just disgusting as some of the lines are, you can't help but chuckle. And, and you can't help but a- appreciate at, at some of the stuff that they're doing just because it's, it's it, it, it almost plays like it's trying to be harmless. But I understand that some of the stuff is just terrible. But... Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff you're just like, God, that's just, that's just like the twin dongs line normally would not give that much of a laughter to it, but the way it's just like done is just so funny. Uh, uh, James, what do you think the audience score is for? Lights of Glory. Uh, 93%. 93%. <laughs> much higher. People love this film. I love this film. People are that craving it. They gotta get a helping of blades. It's provocative. Get the people going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one uh, knows what it means. <laughs> Olivia. Uh, I want to say eighty-eight percent. Eighty-eight percent. A B plus. A B plus. So uh, Aaron gives it eighty-seven. James gives it a ninety-three, and Olivia gives it a B plus, which is not a number. <laughs> Uh, I said B plus. Uh, uh, Aaron, you are closest without going under. Uh, the correct answer is sixty-eight percent. What? Oh, oh my God! What, what is, is the travesty? 
You're going to have to create a whole bunch of fake accounts in order to get that number up, James. Oh, I'm on it. I bet, oh you know what? God. I bet there's a lot of people who are like, this is dumb. I'm going to get downvoted. Maybe, like, recently, people who watched it recently were like, I'm offended. And then Maybe. they... I, I think this movie is just fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the last act. I think that's hilarious. And I think them... I think the rest of the movie should have had that tone of that very last shot where they grab each other, I think tap their skates together and rocket out of the arena into okay. the sky. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that that's amazing. Mwah. Mwah. What ending. And then he rips off his clothes to show the tattoo and then magically puts it together. It's amazing. I, this film is like when you're having such a crappy day and mm-hmm. you just need a genuine good laugh, this yeah. is the perfect movie to watch. Yeah, it's a very pleasant watch. I or love it. When he was Which... swimming in the frozen lake, and uh, he, if not near death, for sure near frostbitten, <laughs> he completely changes <laughs> with his hair completely done up. Good stuff. Great good job. Stuff. Great job. <laughs> Um, but side bit when uh, John Heater actually speaks granted in, granted thank you uh, when John Heater speaks in Japanese he actually knew Japanese yeah, I, I believe uh, that yeah he went on a, uh, a mission trip to Japan and he needed to be fluent before he could go and he spoke Japanese and he broke his ankle for this movie so I saw, yeah they, both of them trained to figure skate for this movie good, good for them, good for them. Good for them. Well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Wait, 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 wait. I'm a sex addict. It's my cross to bear. It's a real disease with doctors and podcasts and everything. <laughs> there you go. James, I, I did the thing. <clears throat> that's been our episode of Shame Wait, Watch. wait, 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 wait. Let's capture the podcast. That's beautiful. <laughs> Where did you find it from? I don't know. It just <laughs> came to me. <laughs> uh, that's a great shot too when it comes to the line. Yeah. Uh, that's been our episode of Shame. Wait, 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 wait. Chaz podcast podcast. <laughs> I went to the only place uh, where they try something this dangerous. North Podcast. <laughs> Worse. That's been our episode of NC. <laughs> Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Uh, I'm not going to thank Olivia anymore. <gasps> That's mean. You still should. <laughs> Thanks, Olivia, for all your hard work. Thank you. Um, don't forget You're to welcome. rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. 
Kenny, what's our <laughs> ten dollar level do? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Olivia, can you answer it? Uh, at our ten dollar level, Aaron will write a personalized haiku for you. Yes, every month. What? what? <laughs> oh, no, that's that's canon, bud. It's I canon. Um, hey, sure. okay. uh, that's I, the only thing with me that's canon. What? Oh, the foot, the foot picture. Yeah, it's a picture of feet, and then <laughs> the haiku will be overlaid. So it's like this really beautiful picture of feet. Well, and then that, that could be his logo, like his watermark. <laughs> my watermark's my feet thing. <laughs> uh, at Kenny, what can they do at the $7 level? At the $7 level, you can get behind-the-scenes content that you can't get anywhere else, along with contributing and helping pick our next movie marathon, along with uh, getting all of the other benefits of the rest of the membership tiers. Wow. Oh, thank you, Kenny. It's like you read that somewhere. Uh, Aaron, what's at the $5 lim- level? Um, they can get another feet pick if they want. You know what I'm saying? Nope, nope that's uh, not it. Okay. Um, they get a uh, uh, per- personalized nope. refrigerator magnet. No. Uh, 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 try again. Final chance. You froze. They get uh, they get a. They get to hear uh, what we're talking about the podcast. They get. They get they the also, they behind also the get scenes. They also get one of my autographed headshots. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. So you get the pre-talk and also one of Olivia's head signed autographed headshots. And at the two-dollar level. You get to listen to our exclusive Patreon episodes of uh, our marathon and I believe our uh, upcoming exclusive content with Olivia Suarez uh, that is The Love Thing. What was it called? The Before Trilogy. Nope, that's the marathon we did. Olivia, what's the new, new Bachelor show? Oh, well, um, so uh, I want to say April 12th or April 13th. I will be doing a recap show, uh, Shame Watch TV, The Bachelor Presents, Listen to Your Heart. So join me for this six-week event. It's going to be amazing. It'll be insane. And I don't Insane. And with that, bye, bye, bye. Uh, and you can find all that at patreon.com slash shamewatch. Now, oh, the other benefit you get at the $2 level is that we shout your name out on the podcast. Really? When do we do that? Uh, Right now. Uh, Katie Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Sorry, Alan. Of Austin, Texas. (laughs) Got a cough in my throat. Don't you have don't if you have COVID, stay home. I'm I'm not leaving anywhere. It's just because I'm in God, if it goes through this computer. I'm just trying to throw. Uh, Bradley McPherson. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Tulsa, okay. Bradley McPherson. Oh, so Tulsa, that's right. sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Ian. 
Uh, Ian is from Gillette, Wyoming. Gillette, Wyoming. I'm going to make a note real quick so that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, Tulsa. Okay. Um, Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. And Tiffany Tipton. Of Austin, Texas? Yeah. Okay, cool. Woo! And until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. Dude, we didn't even talk about Mr. Feeney. Oh my god, you're right! No! He, was he was the judge! No, it's too late. That's the it's button. too late. Dun, dun, Sorry, it's too late.